You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Now, how many things in your life can you describe as wonderful? If you look back at your experiences, your memories, your achievements, good breaks you've had, that time when everything lined up and and just everything worked perfectly, I'm sure that if you think back, there's at least one or two experiences in your life, one or two moments when you were in wonder. It was truly wonderful. Maybe it was the first time that you just stopped to look at the stars. And you just saw the vast sky and you had a moment of wonder. Maybe it was when you heard the words, I love you. And it was a wonderful moment. Maybe it was when you discovered chocolate. And then every subsequent time you discover chocolate. For all the years that you've been eating chocolate. Any chocolate lovers in the room? I'm going to have some hot chocolate later. The first time you heard the words, you're hired. This job is yours. That was probably a wonderful moment, right? Or when you got that acceptance letter from the school or from a place that you applied to. Or maybe that time your spouse reached over and handed you the remote and said, whatever you want, honey. (laughs) It's just you pick. And you're like, whoa, I don't know what to do with myself right now. (laughs) Wonderful happens to us. Sometimes it happens on purpose. Sometimes it's planned. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's small. Sometimes it's without a plan. Sometimes it's somebody bringing you breakfast when you're hungry. Sometimes it's somebody bringing you a cup of coffee just to show appreciation. Sometimes it takes years of sacrifice, years of your investment to get to that wonderful moment. If you've graduated college, that last paper you handed in, that last test you had to take and then when you held your degree your diploma maybe if you started a business all the work that it took and put till the time that you opened the doors or all the years that you saved money to purchase your home and you got to purchase your home sometimes wonderful takes time most times we hope that something will happen Because wonderful could be surprising. There's an inherent element in wonderful that that causes to to think that it might happen out of our awareness, right? A letter that you might get or a phone call that you might get or a promotion, a raise, a good date, a good medical report. I got somebody laughing over here. Probably a faith laugh, you know. I hope it happens, Jesus. (laughs) most times we hope for something wonderful to happen to have a wonderful day to have an expectancy that something wonderful will happen we look forward to wonderful moments there are other times when we try to plan wonderful but we can't really experience wonderful at the same time that we are executing the wonderful plan that we planned am I confusing you yet I'll give you an example. Think about a wedding proposal. All the gentlemen in the room that have done that, there's plans involved. There's people, phone calls, calendars, cameras. 
purchases. But from the moment you begin to execute the plan, that elaborate plan, to the moment the boyfriend gets on his knees and he gets to ask the question and he hears the positive answer, I don't think the first emotion that he's feeling is wonderful. He's anxious. He's thinking about the next step on the plan. He's thinking about the next thing he has to do until he gets the yes. Then wonderful sets in. There are some certain wonderful moments that we don't really realize they're wonderful until they already happened. Remember the first time we became parents with our firstborn. We were expecting it in our hearts. We wanted that child. And uh, as the time approached, you know, that, that special moment, the, the due date was March 21st, 2011. When March turned around, we started getting antsy. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where every phone call could be the phone call of we got to go. So every decision you make hinges on that expectation. The expectation that this could be the day that your baby will arrive. This could be it. And I tell you, the way you picture it and the way it actually happens, wonderful is not the first thing on your mind. <laughs> and when the day actually happened, when my wife started feeling the pain and contractions started happening and we got the bag because we had the bag ready. And we got in the car and we're driving to the hospital. It was probably only two miles away from our house at the time. And she is having pain every five minutes and holding on for dear life. And I could do nothing about it. All I could do is drive and pay the check-in bill at the hospital. Which was a big surprise. I had no idea you got to pay to get in. <laughs> and we're there at the hospital waiting, waiting. Waiting, contractions happening, waiting for that moment. I'll tell you, I think back now, and it is all wonderful. But at the time, it wasn't that wonderful. You know, when the actual moment happened, when the doctor looked at us and said, this is it, your child is coming. I didn't know what to do. So I held my wife's hand and started singing, whoa, you're almost there. No, I didn't. I'm kidding. <laughs> what, if, what if that actually happened? <laughs> So I was thinking Bon Jovi. <laughs> Just take my hand, you'll make it, I swear. Wow. <laughs> can we have another baby, honey, so we could do that? <laughs> I just want to do that. <laughs> but I did hold her hand. I did hold her hand and whispered in her ears. I didn't know what to do, so I'm holding her hand. I'm saying, you can do it, baby. I love you. This is so beautiful. We can do it, baby. But she's in pain, right? Until the moment we got to hold the baby. And we heard that wonderful cry, which if you're a parent, that, that's a beautiful cry. And that, that moment becomes real. Wonderful doesn't set in, because sometimes wonderful just comes in at the very end. You know, we're, we're, think of today, right? We're, we're celebrating Christmas. Christmas in our household is really the, our favorite time of the year. Our kids love it. They love it. It's, you know, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, but they love it because, you know, it's, it's time of Christmas and, and it's time of presents and time with friends and, and it's time for hot chocolate and, and church services and all that. They love that. I don't know if they love it because we love it so much or if they love it because we make him love it. <laughs> like love Christmas or you won't eat. 
<laughs> you think I'm playing? <laughs> I am playing. <laughs> but that's their version of Christmas. Presents. Good times. Time off school. And, and just the joyous time singing. It used to be our version. Now there are more things on that list. And I'm sure you can relate. Christmas time comes and maybe for you when December starts, it feels like you have to cram a month worth of work into 20 days. And then you have to cram a year worth of wishes in a week. And then you have to, you have to spend three months worth of money with one paycheck. And maybe for you, you feel that pressure because Christmas is a pressure marker. It's a, it's a, it's a date for deadlines. You got to finish all your work for the year on that day, before that day. Or maybe you got to finish your schoolwork by that day. And on top of that, on top of everything that you have to do, there are shopping lists. You've got to decide who you're going to visit, who you're going to see. You've got to decide, you know, what side of the family you're going to see first, who you're going to spend the most time with, which, by the way, if you're here, you're the favorite side. Don't tell the others. All right? It might get awkward, but if you're here, if you got invited here, you're the favorite. Just got to tell you. Everything can get so hectic this season that we don't get to the wonderful of Christmas until it's Christmas Day. You don't get to the wonderful portion of it until it's Christmas Day. And I think that Christmas is a reminder for us of this condition that we have. We have this condition of, of only realizing the good old days are good when they get old. After they get old is when we realize that they were the good old days, but while we were in it, we didn't get to enjoy it. Why is that? Why do we miss it? Why is it easier to appreciate the time we had than to appreciate the time we're having right now? And my, my message today is simple. My message today is that you would recognize the wonderful right now. Even if you have worry in your heart, even if there are things that are pressing against you, even if you're going through certain circumstances, there is a way that you can enjoy the wonderful, that you can receive the wonderful, that you can live in the wonderful. See, Jesus was born in a world that desperately needed him. And we're celebrating his birth here today. But when Jesus was actually born, you know, the world was, was not in a good shape for many people. About 15 years before Jesus was born, and about, about, no, I'm sorry, about 15 years before he started his ministry, Tiberius Caesar was the emperor of Rome. And if you look back in the, in the history books, Suetonius, which was a, he was a first century Roman historian, he tells us that in the beginning, Tiberius, Tiberius presented himself as a noble man. He started uh, uh, presenting himself in ways that seemed like he would be a great emperor. He was submissive to the senators. He gave extravagant gifts to uh, several people and poor people. He would call himself a servant of the people. But in the age of Roman imperialism, Caesar was God. Caesar was called the first citizen. And he could do whatever he wanted. So by the time Jesus' ministry began, 
Tiberius Caesar had morphed into this monster, really. He was a man that Suetonius says that not a day, not a single day went by without an execution. Even the new year, which they considered to be a sacred day, he would have executions. The things that he did in his retreat home, his retreat palace in Capri, were horrendous. He would torture people. He would do all these bad things for fun just because he wanted to. And this was the man leading the world. This was the first citizen of the world. This was the man who was leading the people. He lived his life unrestrained. He indulged every single one of his passions. He wasn't accountable to any law, to any people. He had all the power, all the money, and all the glory. And history shows us again and again that that is a bad combination. That no human being who lives unrestrained with all power, all money, and all of that attention will yield good results. And that's what happened with Tiberius Caesar. It was not different with him. And when the power of life and death and everything in between is in the hands of a man like that, is in the hands of a person like that, the only thing you can do is to pray that a good man would replace him. That somebody good would sit on that throne. That somebody good would come along. And this is what the people of Israel had been promised. This is what they have been promised and they were hoping for. A Messiah, a Savior, somebody who would come in and install a new kind of rule on the earth. Install a new kind of kingdom on the earth. They had heard it again and again by several different prophets. One of the passages is in Isaiah 7, 14 and 17. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That means God with us. He shall, he shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For the boy knows how to, before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. The Lord will bring upon you and upon your people and upon your father's house such days as have not come since the day of Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. Now, there is a context to this passage here that we, can, we don't have time to get into. But these uh, were days that were bad for the people of Israel. King Ahaz was facing two uh, uh, bad uh, uh, enemies that were coming at him from the north and from the south. And he was hoping for rescue. But this happened 700 years before Jesus actually came. That promise that... The Savior would come. And when Jesus was born, they had been waiting for a long time. For a long time, they had been waiting for somebody. This is a people that have had a long history of struggle. If you know anything about the Jewish people, you know they, have, they had struggled for a long time. Since their slavery in Egypt and their captivity by the Babylonian Empire, they had been going from... Okay to bad to okay to bad. But never had a lasting kingdom really where they were safe. Just about 160 years before Jesus was born. The Seleucid Hellenistic king Antiochus. Decided in his heart and gave orders to his generals. To completely erase 
the Jewish nation from history. To take any survivors, survivors and make him slaves. That was his plan. And if you know the story of Hanukkah, you know that Judas Maccabeus led the resistance. And in a miraculous way, he led the Jewish people to victory against King Antiochus. Because of that, just 160 years before Jesus, because of Hanukkah, the Judea became a province, an independent province that had autonomous, uh, uh, an autonomous uh, decision-making between the, the Seleucids and the Ptolemites, the two kingdoms in Syria and in Egypt. And then when the Romans came in, he, he, they defeated the, the Seleucid king, king and the, the, the Ptolemites, and they conquered the world. But they honored uh, Ju Judea's independence, or not independence, but their, their, the deal that they had, their, their autonomy. So this is the, the environment that Jesus comes into. A people who's not really, they're not really a people. They are, but they're hanging by a thread. They have some autonomy, but they're not really a nation. They're under the domain of, of Rome. And Tiberius is not a good man. He had already, he had already chased Jewish uh, religion out of Rome. And Jesus comes into this world. Now, if you were expecting for a Messiah... In this world, if you were expecting for a, a promised Savior, you would read the texts of Malachi, of Joel. You would read the texts of Isaiah. And the years that you've been expecting that. And you would think, the man who is coming is going to be a mighty Savior. The man who is coming is going to be a warrior. The man who is coming is going to change this situation. And he is going to sit on the throne. In fact, one of the promises is what gives the title to our day right here, to our, our Christmas celebration. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. This is what the scriptures say. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish to establish it and to pull, uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now think about this. I'm giving you this history context because I want you to think about the emotions that these people, they were feeling. The expectation that they had. What happened on the inside and, and how they expected this Savior to come. Scripture promised it and they certainly thought this man is going to come and lead us like David did. Like David defeated Goliath and led the army and conquered nations. Like Joshua who conquered land and reestablished Israel. He's going to be like Judas Maccabeus just 160 years ago who miraculously saved us. This is going to be a man who's going to establish a kingdom here. And many missed the message of Jesus. Why? Because their expectations were tied to their pain. Their expectations were tied to their struggle. And my message for you today, the reason why I'm giving you this context, 
is because just like they missed it, many of them miss it. You and I can miss it today. Maybe you're not fighting nations and you're not struggling against a bad emperor. But maybe you too have been suffering for a while. You've been facing situations for a while that are shaping your expectation of a savior in your life. Your expectation of a, of a Messiah for your life. That he would come into your life in a certain specific kind of way. And relieve a certain specific kind of pain. Change your world in a, in a very specific way. This is what happened to the Jewish people. They thought because of their pain and their struggle. That a Messiah should sit on the throne of David. Physical throne. A political kingdom. And Jesus. Jesus comes. In a very, very different manner. For such a man to take charge of the world, he certainly would have to be born in a noble place, like a palace. But Jesus wasn't born in a palace. He was born in an ordinary home, most likely a home with a stable inside where they used to keep the farm animals. That's where the manger would be. Jesus didn't come being announced by the angels to dignitaries and generals. The announcement of his birth didn't come to people in power. The announcement of his birth came to shepherds. Those who cared for animals and sheep. He was born in an ordinary place like any other man. And his announcement is not a grand announcement. Of judgment and condemnation. He doesn't come condemning the world. He doesn't come judging the world. He doesn't come with a declaration of independence. Or a declaration of war. He comes with a message. Telling everybody. Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words. You got to change your mind. You got to change the way you're looking at this whole thing. Because the kingdom of God is already here. That's what repentance means. It means to change your mind. To see things differently. What is it today that you're facing? That is shaping your expectations. What is it that you needs to change in your mind and in your thinking today. So that you can be aware that the kingdom of God is already present in your life today. Today. See, for the Jewish people, they were thinking, but Jesus, Jesus, Tiberias has all the power. We got to take it. No, no, no. The kingdom is already here. Jesus, we are ready to go high, man, and make you king. You, you are the chosen one. No, 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 no. The kingdom is already here. But we got to take the kingdom for ourselves. The kingdom is already yours. God's rule is already yours. He's already present in your life. They were expecting the kingdom of God to be this massive change from the outside in. This massive political change from the outside in. And they thought that that would solve their problems. But Jesus comes with no sword. No army. There would be no war. There would be no fight. He comes with a completely different message. And he begins to explain what the kingdom of God and what the rule of God actually is and actually does in our lives. 
The birth of Jesus, Christmas, is significant because the wonderful counselor came to a world that was broken. And he didn't fix it from the outside in. He began to propose that the change happens in your heart. It happens on the inside of you. It begins with you looking at your life differently. Changing the way you see your life. So through parables, he explained it. He said things like, The kingdom of heaven is like a leaven that a woman took and hid in, in the three measures of flour. This is a lot of flour. Till it was all leavened. In other words, he was saying this kingdom is transformative. It transforms from the inside out. People around you will become different if you take that first step. The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. My message is simple to you today. Can you see it? Can you realize that the kingdom of God is already in you? Can you see the wonderful? Because the kingdom of God is immaterial. Jesus' announcement is that it doesn't take a mass revolution. A massive revolution. Where everybody goes in and takes the power of a government to change the world. What changes the world is us changing how we see our world and beginning to affect other people's lives. So he began to say things like, go to the person who has something against you and fix it. If somebody has something against you, if they're offended against you, just go and solve it. Don't let that last. He began to th say, people wanted justice, and he began to th say things like, don't avenge yourselves. Don't take up arms and go try to avenge yourselves. Love your enemies and leave the, the, the vengeance to God. God will take care of it. Just love your enemies. Someone stole your jacket? Give him your sweater. Someone slapped you in the face? Don't retaliate. Don't hit them back. Now I'm telling you this because you are here today. And you're in this building. And you're all nice and pretty. And it's Sunday morning. You guys look good today, by the way. You look awesome. Yes. You look amazing. But you expect to hear this here. You expect for somebody like me on a stage like this to share a message like that. This is a safe environment for this kind of, of message. But on a Tuesday, this is not wonderful. This is hard. On a Wednesday, when you have the pressure of the world against you, when you have things happening, and you are facing it out there. This is hard. This doesn't sound like a wonderful counsel. And maybe for you, this is the disconnect. Because you've been in pain for a while. You've been struggling for a while. And pain has taken the front seat. Pain is leading your expectations on what God should do in your life. So maybe you even try this. You're here today, but you already decided, J.D., I try church. 
I tried God. It didn't work for me. And, and honestly, I just got to tell you, I don't believe it anymore. Because I prayed, I asked, I even read the Bible, J.D. It didn't work out for me. What didn't work out? What if your expectation was shaped by something that had been warped by your pain and your struggle? What if what you were expecting was not actually good for you, but because of what you went through, good became something different? Good was revenge. Good was that bad kind of justice. Good for you was for something to happen. That actually in the end, God knew it wasn't going to be good for you. It was going to destroy you. It wasn't going to take you further. It was going to take you deeper into that state. And so you wanted God to come in and change the situation. You wanted God to fight back. You wanted God to do something on your behalf. You wanted God to destroy all the Tiberiuses in your life, so to speak. And he came in and said, love your enemies. You wanted God to be that justice, that warrior, the somebody that would come in and just destroy everything that's coming against you. And he came in as a counselor. And you're like, I don't need a counselor. I need action. I need something to happen, something to change. And God is like, no, that's not what you need. I'm telling you what you need. Jesus showed you. Jesus showed up in your life. Not as a warrior with the sword, but as an everlasting father. And you didn't know how to deal with it because you were in pain. My proposition to you today is that you would listen to his counsel and not miss the wonderful in it. Because when you're in pain, when you're struggling, when you're fighting against something, what Jesus will propose to you will not feel good at the time. But when you walk it out, when you receive it, when you trust in faith, when you get to the other side, you will, believe, you will realize that it was the wonderful thing that he had for your life. That his counsel was actually wonderful. That he was actually the everlasting father that you needed. That he was actually the mighty God that you were hoping for. That he was the prince of peace walking into your life and changing all the situations for the better. That's what Jesus came to announce. That's what he came to do. So today, you might be asking, J.D., what do I do? How can I satisfy these desires that I have for justice? And, 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 and how can God meet my expectations? The first thing I want, you to, I want to encourage you to do is to lay it at his feet. Your expectations themselves. Ask Jesus, just reshape it. I don't want to miss the wonderful. I don't want to go through life struggling against this thing that I'm fighting against. You need to understand this. At the core... This is the one thing that I hope you receive this morning. That Jesus is on your side. He didn't come as a prosecutor. He didn't come as a judge. He came as a wonderful counselor. He is your advocate. He is Emmanuel. God with us. He is with you and he is for you. And if you believe that, you can trust his counsel. And you can trust that it will be wonderful in your life.
That's the way that you can fight your battles with peace from within. And only Jesus can do that. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Because only Jesus can transform your life from the inside out in that way. The whole world was transformed. One person at a time. And here we are over 2,000 years later celebrating his life. He's on your side. And this is how Jesus will transform you. From the inside out, he will give you peace. And you will go through the same situations. You will face the same kind of struggles. But you will have peace. You will have love. You will have guidance on the inside. You can have goodness at home. Even when there is evil in your neighborhood. You can have joy in your world. Even when you read the headlines and you look around. And the outer world may seem like it's in despair. You can have joy in your heart. Because Jesus is the wonderful counselor. And my encouragement to you today is, don't miss it, but receive it. Let him bring his wonderful in your heart and in your life. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Amen. Amen.